Hello, Internet peeps. Welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 134. I'm Jonah. I'm Andy. I'm Zach. And today we are doing Zach's picks of Twilight Zone. Um, I will read them out. We're doing Death's Head Revisited, season three, episode nine, and Spur of the Moment, season five, episode 21. Uh, you know, if we were really creative, every Twilight Zone episode would have a new written monologue at the beginning, and you would deliver it like you were Rod Serling. And at the end, instead of saying the Twilight Zone, you'd say Big Trouble Little Podcast. Yeah. Maybe we could do it for either next year or maybe our ranking episode. So I don't know. Maybe. Keep an eye out on that. I, I just not thought about that. Yeah, something we could put on the docket of uh, ideas that we should be executing <laughs> to make it a little more creative. Uh, but before we get into the topic of those episodes, guys, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? I will start with Zach. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I have still been watching a bunch of Gundam stuff. I've been watching Gundam Seed. I'm up to episode 30. Nice. How many episodes are there? 50 and then there's Gundam Sea Destiny. Oh, which is another 50 episodes. So is it good or not? Cuz I remember I feel like watching it on TV back in the day and not liking it, but I was like, you know, an idiot then. So Yeah, same here. Like initially I had thought back then, it was like what is this? Everybody looks like a bunch of twinks. I don't like how the animation looks super clean. Why does the protagonist have such huge eyes? <laughs> it just it wasn't what i wanted at the time which was like you gotta remember that was 2003 2004 yeah it's like we had just come off of like wing hms team g gundam and then they're like hey new gundam seed they're in school in space sort of <laughs> they're, they're really the first episode is their last day of school uh, <laughs> i saw that and then was like yeah never mind i'll never watch no, this it's it pretty much pops off like it is pretty much almost like just a, a retelling, a reimagining of the one year war sort of. Huh. There's certain elements in place that are supposed to remind you of things. The ships, the Archangel, that's the white base. The Earth forces fight against Zaft, who are Zaft is are the space people. And it always starts with a Z. They have mobile suits that have the mono eye thing. You know. Well, yeah, I mean I'll give Seed this. The mobile suit design in that show is stellar. I do know that. It's pretty good. Like, I don't know. The, some of the stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But some of the Gundams look kind of like, I don't know. They look kind of plain looking. Oh, yeah? To be, in my opinion, to be where they come from. And some of them don't even really get to do cool stuff. Like, one of them, one of the ones that the, the Zaft guys uses, he just flies around on a sled and he just shoots guys with guns. That's all he's ever done is just... You fly, it's it's the same well, animation. What's well, it's the same uh, series of animation frames where he's flying and shooting the guns. It's like they're recycling it, oh. and it's like, okay, so that guy does nothing cool ever, and then he just gets shot down. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm starting to ramble. This is getting into like something else. But uh, it, I have mixed feelings about it so far. Like I kind of like some of the character stuff they do and everything, but then there's things that are like. The main character, the the gimmick with the coordinators is supposed to be like new types, and he has like plot armor things and stuff, and it's it gets kind of annoying a little bit. It's kind of it, really. I can't really get much more into it without turning it into a whole segment. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Any anything else? Um, I have. Uh, I haven't really played anything since last week. Um, I've reading more comics. Um, I'm, that's that's about it. <laughs> okay, Andy, what about you? Uh, I've been playing a ton of Cyberpunk when it lets me. Uh, I'm still getting really into that game. The game is like so heavy sometimes. I uh, yesterday I played two missions back to back that both dealt with suicide, and it's like settle down, Cyberpunk. <laughs> I'm here to have fun. <laughs> um, I watched randomly. Uh, my girlfriend and I watched a movie on Netflix called Timeshare. It's from like 2018, I think. At first, I was like, I don't want to watch this. This isn't going to be good. It's not that bad. It's kind of interesting. It's about um, in Mexico, like one of those huge resort places that that people, you know, both Americans and everyone else go to. Um, it's kind of about the some underhanded practices that they're using to trick people into becoming members. And also uh, this guy who worked there after it got bought by this like American super conglomerate, like it hasn't been as good and it's his life is kind of coming apart. Um, it's a pretty interesting movie. It's really well acted. And for some reason, the one thing that I took away from it is it is lit really well. It looks like a Nicholas winding Refn movie. It's just every scene is like bright and colorful and like vapor wave. Cause like in their, um, in their room, there's always like palm trees in the background, but the palm trees are lit bright red, but the room is lit bright blue, and it just looks it looks super cool. It looks like an album cover. It, it was a it's, it's it's an okay movie. It's worth watching. And then uh, earlier, I was like, oh, I might I might accidentally take a nap before the show. I'd better put on something I've never seen before. So I put on The Irishman and then just watched the whole thing. So I just watched The Irishman. <laughs> That movie's that movie's really really good. It, it's uh, it's not perfect, but I really like watching The Irishman. I mean, what can you go wrong with Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro and other mobster like actors and stuff and all? Yeah, that? like that's that's the thing is like um, De Niro does awesome in it, and Pesci does really well. But it's like everyone else is who I'm enjoying. Uh, uh, Pacino, he's the best he's ever been in that movie. Mm-hmm. Al Pacino's performance in that movie is is great, and it's 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 kind of weird because he is just doing like what he always does, where he's just like a fast talking asshole. But I don't know; it works really well for Jimmy Hoffa. And then everyone else, um, the lawyer, is really good. Um, he's played by uh, what's the guy's name? I know him from from comedy. It doesn't matter. There's there's a lot of other people in that movie who are doing really well. They get overshadowed by those big names. But it's great. I know there's still a lot of people who always get scared by um, that runtime. Uh, cut it up. It's fine. You don't have to watch it all in one sitting. Just watch a little bit and do it in two or three sittings. It's a really good movie. You're, you're really missing out. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so that's probably one of my goals. I need to watch it one day. I have a problem, though. I can't cut it up. If I sit down to watch a movie, I need to watch it from beginning to end, or I just lose interest. That would be the most rewarding way to do it. But I, I still maintain that there's a few points, there's there's a few beats in the story where it would be okay to, you know, wait until tomorrow evening to finish it or something like that. Okay. I do uh, want to... It's over like 50 years or something. Uh, other than that, anything else? Uh, no, that was it. Watched a couple of movies. Mostly played Cyberpunk, though. 
Yeah. Um, so the Twin Peaks uh thing on YouTube with the uh, Red Letter Media, which Zach, I think you me- messaged me about the return. Pretty much. I watched. Yeah, I watched both parts of that. Yeah. So by me watching both of those parts, I had to watch the season again. So I'm in the progress of it, doing it. I'm not gonna, you know, go into spoiler because I think Andy is watching it at some point. Yeah, I've, I've got it now. I just haven't started. Dude, what a ride. I, I'm just going to say, if you thought the first two seasons and Fire Walk With Me were fucking weird, wait until you see this fucking season, dude. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Did that. I played Cyberpunk. I did more side missions. Uh, I, I just, I love the game Uh, that have funny, the funny bugs in it. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like every once in a while, something will happen that like breaks immersion, but it's so absurd I have to laugh. Mm-hmm. So I had uh, I killed this guy, uh, and out of nowhere, like the cop just respawned right in front of me and owned me. And then another one, I, this guy was like high on the street, and he had, did like an O face that was so funny, like his face was all deformed. And I actually uh, recorded that on the stream. Uh, I did a lot of, you know, I like doing the assault missions because, you know, you build up your street cred. Um, I like getting the weapons and selling them pretty much. And I got the cool. I don't sell them anymore. Don't forget that in your inventory, if you hold triangle, you'll break them down into components. That's where it's at. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Uh, I I love the charged sniper rifle. That's my favorite gun so far. I just fucking perch up on the high area and just fucking snipe people. Um, I had two crashes when I played, and it's mostly when I'm driving, which is weird. Fuck, I have, I have like a crash a night. <laughs> like usually, that's that's how I'm like. Well, I guess I'll go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I turned on my PlayStation 5 the other day and it said my save file was corrupt, but it wasn't. And I got... I oh, free- did it say something about user settings or something? Yeah. yeah. It does that to me every time it crashes. It's like user settings are incorrect, resetting your file. And I was, the first time I saw it, of course, you know, I panicked, but now it just does it every time and I don't know what it's affecting. As far as I can tell, nothing. <laughs> I, I'm afraid like one day I'm just going to go in there it's just going to be gone and I'm just going to be like, well, I'm not going to play this game until it's fully done, you know, being patched and stuff. Yeah, that, that would do it for me. I got a lot of time in it. If my save disappeared, uh, that would <laughs> be a hard quit for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, I I played some uh, Call of Duty Warzone, Call of Duty Black Ops, uh, Cold War, pretty much, and um, I need to get back on the uh, the accelerated gamer list soon, so that we can you know get that shit done with. But that's that's pretty much it, Zach. What episode do you want to talk about first? Uh, I guess Death's Head revisited because it was first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to let you lead it off. So what do you want to talk about in this episode? Well, I mean, I guess I should just set it up first. Basically, this guy comes to this hotel somewhere in Germany to stay to Bavaria. And uh, he kind of starts acting a little funny when he's in in there. And the the lady at the desk seems to kind of recognize him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, wait a minute. Like, 
I remember when SS people used to stay here. I was like, were you one of them? And he gets kind of belligerent with her. Like, no, I I was on the Russian front or whatever. And then he acts like really, um, I guess, aggressive. It's weird. I'm not real sure how to chalk up how he, how he acts to her. It, he's weird about it, too, because she's like, she says the name that he wrote down. And he says, that's what I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, cha- he's changed his name. Yeah. Um, and he kind of goes up to the window and is like, hey, is that up there? Is that the the camp? The the, co- the subject of the concentration camp nearby comes up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yes, and uh, I wish you'd burn to the ground and stuff. And he's like, well, I'm going to go there. And he goes there, and that's kind of the setup of the episode. He revisits the camp he used to be a captain in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I I actually enjoy this episode because, I mean, it's still fresh in people's minds, right? Because was this in the sixties this episode or the the fifties? Uh, this was sixty, yeah. Yeah. So like you know, we're coming off of World War Two, and you know this. this... Yeah, there was more than one person uh, who worked on this episode that had family die in the Holocaust. Yeah, I, I think two of the actors are from Jewish families, and they they had family members who were killed by the Nazis. So like, it, that that's how fresh this would have been when this was made. Yeah, so like, it, it, it's interesting that Rod Sterling and you know whoever directed this episode, like constructed it pretty much where like just this captain who uh, was all about giving pain and killing people and just like. Like kind of revisiting, uh, you know, like when you move out of your childhood home and stuff, and then you're like coming back to reminisce. It felt like that. Yeah, this guy just comes back to the what's left of the camp, and it's like he's like taking it in, and he's breathing in the atmosphere, and he's becoming energized and reliving all the memories. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy's a total bastard. Yeah, like <laughs> I did, and like smiling is all oh, used to be in charge. Oh, these used to be the old days. <laughs> yeah and then like uh a, a guy appears who's really shabby looking and stuff and you kind of see one of the flashbacks is like oh he was one of the prisoners uh and uh he put he's supernaturally trapped in the uh camp it seems he's in the twilight zone and he has to face trial for for all the the, the horrible deeds he did mm-hmm I, I have to admit, like, well, not admit, but the, like, what they captured in this episode, like, frightened me. Like, the, the, not fright. well, yeah, it's a little bit of frightening, but it's a little bit like a, wow, this shit's scary. Like, how they shot, like, the people getting hanged. Um, yeah. And, you know, showing the gruesome of, like, how they were just not being fed and stuff. Like That was on TV. If you guys think, that was on TV. Yeah. In the 60s. Like, this is one of the most stomach-turning episodes of the show, if not the most, possibly. Mm. Might be, yeah. Um, but, yeah, they he gets trapped in a room. But, like, at first they have this exchange for a while, and it's like he thinks he's still alive or something. He hasn't really quite figured out he's, like, a, a specter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets trapped in there. He's forced into a room with like a bunch of other ones and they read off all the horrible shit that he ever did. And he basically drives himself into like a, 
a panic until he passes out, wakes back up, and then the guy just sentences him, sentences him, and he's like, uh, "You're sentenced to insanity," and he seems he just has a mental break, and the the they come and collect him, a doctor gets him, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> So, like, he was pretty much sentenced to all the pain and agony that he put all those people to. Um, but as far as, like, you know, obviously a death penalty that comes... He, I think he says he's like, God is your final judgment. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I thought... It's just to feel all the bullets of the machine guns and the 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 torture and the, the hanging and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think of what I, like would you know give minus points in this episode and i can't think of a, a reason to like it hit pretty well and and, and not in the fact of like wow that that was like amazing what you know the nazis did but i'm just saying like how the how that was amazing the, <laughs> no no it's like how the story re- was written where you know this captain comes to this camp he's he's in a trial yeah. and he's just fucking He's guilty, and uh, much, yeah. I, I I really liked it. I I have nothing bad to say about this episode. Andy, what about you? Yeah, I, I'll echo what you said. Um, th- it's hard to criticize anything about this episode. The only thing I could almost think about is the set is noticeably small. Maybe it needed a higher budget, but I imagine Dachau was like a larger facility. I have no idea. I don't know for sure, but it, it felt like two buildings in like a small courtyard, but it, they could have shot it different to make it to give off the impression it was a bigger place, I guess. And that's me just trying desperately to come up with something to criticize. Mm. I like when he fucking, when he's like, uh, you know, screaming to get out and he like bursts his arm through the fucking window. I, that's yeah. Just, I was like, holy Prince shit. Window. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. That was unnecessary. I mean, I guess they're trying to capture like he's doesn't want to be here, but, you know, he has to because he's under trial. Um, I want to bring this up. And uh, it's pretty much the monologue at the end. So I, I really like this because there's a part where the doctor you know tells him hey, i don't know what's wrong with him he's fucking insane he's a maniac and he's he just feels like he's feeling all the pain and agony of the souls or something like that and he's like you know why do we keep this standing and rod sterling and i i, I will read what he says he says there's an answer to the doctor's questions all the dacas uh must remain standing the the belsons the Buchenwalds, the Auschwitz, all of them. They must remain standing because they are monument to a monument in time when some men decided to turn the earth into a graveyard. Uh, Into it, they shoveled all their reasons, their logic, their knowledge, but worst of all, their conscience. And the moment we forget this is the moment we cease to be haunted by its remembrance, then we become the grave diggers, something to dwell on, and to remember, not only in the Twilight Zone, but wherever men walk God's earth. And I have to say, like, this is probably one of my favorite Rod Sterling monologues because it's true into uh, not to get too too political, but it's true in today's sense. Because what does everybody want to do? They want to tear down this monument or tear down this 
uh, statue that has bad history. But when you tear down that history, you forget. And I think that's what Rod Sterling said, pretty much. I don't know. Yeah. Any any opinions? Um, no, that's kind of what I got out of it too. Mm. It's like, hey, you gotta you gotta remember bad shit to happen too. Yeah. You don't. You you want to sugarcoat it, make it go away. You might forget. <laughs> I guess the difference is people in Germany want to tear down Dachau, Auschwitz, all those other places because it reminds them of something terrible from their past, and they want to forget it. Like. No, you can't just forget the Holocaust. That's that would you know, mm-hmm. it's something to remember so that we we can make sure it doesn't get repeated in in modern day ever. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I have nothing else to say about this episode. I highly recommend it. Uh, it's probably one of my top ten favorite uh, Twilight Zone episodes. Unless you guys have something else to say about this episode. Um. No, I would say this is probably one of the the better hard-hitting ones, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time I've seen it. I was like, hey, this one hits pretty good. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> uh, Andy, what about you? Uh, yeah, this this one's a, a... Like I said, I think it's probably the most stomach-turning one. Like, not in a bad way, in a in a poignant, kind of gets its point across kind of way. Also, uh, the, the main guy, the guy who plays the captain himself does mm-hmm. a really good job like yeah. a, a lot of twilight zone episodes have good acting but few of them have great acting because it was just like oh it's just a television show but you know he he really really puts it in mm-hmm. it's fucking camera it's not staying in focus it's pissing me off kind of look like my camera's drunk even though people are not seeing it but whatever um so we all recommend this episode zach you picked the next episode called spur of the moment and uh, I, I, so full disclosure, I thought this episode was meh. It's it's a bad Twilight Zone episode, but like it's still good enough if that makes any sense. Yeah, this one I, I felt was a little weak. I mean, I just picked it randomly. Like honestly, I picked it just based off the description mm-hmm. because it it sounded kind of ominous. I'm like, ooh, that sounds spooky. I want to watch that. And. It was kind of spooky. Like there was there was something there in the beginning, I feel like. You know, that girl goes out, she rides out to her fucking estate, whatever her parents own, she's rich or something, and mm-hmm. then she rides out in the meadow or and sees a uh, a middle aged woman in black up on the hill with a cloak. Like she theat- theatrically has her cloak out and like like gazes yeah. daggers at her from up on the hill and is like and <laughs> just like rides what's down the hill Zorro doing yeah like i don't know like, she's like a female zoro or something a crazy I, female zoro i was sort of frustrated and i don't know if you're supposed to get this or not but i like immediately i could see it was the same actress and i thought that was the point i thought it's like oh we're already in the twilight zone yeah, yeah, I, I kind of saw that too and thought the same thing. And then she gets back and she's like, "I was chased by somebody. I don't know who it was." And I was like, "Wait, was it not the same actress?" And then of course it was. It was. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those Twilight Zone episodes that doesn't really have a you know that that twist at the end. The twist kind of just you hear it in the middle of the episode. Yeah, uh, this is one that would constitute the Shaggy Dog story. I guess. <laughs> Uh, what really bothered me is like, 
I, the story just didn't make sense to me at all. Like I get, I get it that she's like questioning the the relationship that she's about to get into. So she's like kind of warning herself a little bit. But then they mess, Sorry. yeah, they they mess with the time a little bit because apparently throughout her whole life she's been warning warning herself or seeing herself and chasing herself. So is there like a time loop that's happening all the time? Because at the end of the episode, she's chasing herself again. Uh, it again, yeah, is still not able to communicate to her. Yeah, how about you know not being fucking screaming and shit and be like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe when you appear at the top of the hill, don't look menacing and hold your cape out like you're a fucking Batman villain. Maybe settle down a little bit. Like you're Dracula or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I thought, I'm like, oh, is she going to, like, try to be more gentle this time? Like, maybe she'll, like, dismount and and walk down the hill and be like, Anne, I'm here to tell you something very important. Just wave. Be friendly. Hello. She can't be friendly. There is, become... there is a really good twist in this episode, though. A twist that I was honestly like, oh, oh, holy shit, I didn't expect that. Because we're, we're in the future, and she's like, do you remember the, my engagement party? And I was said I was chased by a scary woman. Well, that woman was me, and I was trying to warn myself not to get into the shitty marriage. And then her husband walks in, and it's the blonde guy. And they were, like, setting it up to be like, she should have never married uh, the the guy with the dark hair, the investment banker or whatever, you know, whoever boring McVanilla was, she should have married the guy who really loved her. And then he walks in and you're like, Oh shit. That is the guy that said, Oh, I love you so much. We've always been meant to be together. And then it flashes back and it shows her leaving her engagement party to get with him. That is a cool twist. It just, instead of being at the end of the episode, it's like smack dab in the middle. It's like, it's it's like one of the, it's either the, I think it's the second commercial break. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay, so that kind of makes sense a little bit because, like, it, it's it's kind of like a Quentin Tarantino movie where you're just kind of getting shit backwards a little bit, I guess. Uh, sure. uh, because when you see it, you're just like, oh, is you know the the guy with the black hair is he the other guy and the other blonde that <laughs> the dad just pulls out a fucking pistol, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, Get out of here. <laughs> don't think i won't shoot you and i'm like uh i mean it it's during that time so i guess you can explain you know he was trespassing trespassing and he needs to get the fuck out of here uh, he's rich he's got money he'll get away with it mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know like i i have to admit andy uh you did bring bring me back around to this episode because i was like this episode's a throwaway episode in my opinion but like Seeing that twist a little bit in the middle of it, I get it. And I think they could have messed around with, you know, the, uh, the, we call it the, the age one, you know, a little bit more. So I guess her moving with that blonde hair guy fucked shit up, I guess. She well, became, turns out to be a bastard, I guess. Yeah. He just turns out to be an ineffectual, impotent bastard that ruins everything. <laughs> she he ruined their estate, their family estate. They have no money. They're poor. They're gonna lose their house. Uh, yeah, and it's like, oh, it turns out the investment banker guy was apparently the way to go. <laughs> Maybe I mean I guess she could have not married either of them potentially, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. But uh, 
I guess the point of this episode was, you know, you could become fixated on, man, I should have done that differently back then. You can become twisted and obsessed by that idea and it'll consume you and you'll just become like this fucking unlikable husk of a human being. A real great bitch. And you're scary and you have a Dracula cape. (laughs) You'll get a Dracula cape. (laughs) She like shrieks. And and she drinks ambrosia. Like a (laughs) giant glass of ambrosia. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I have it, there's nothing really to go deep into, like talking about besides you know the loop that keeps on happening. Like she's always chasing herself because she wants to relive that moment. You know what I mean? To be like, don't do that, <laughs> you idiot. Yeah, I feel like I pretty much summed it up. It's it's pretty basic episode. Sometimes there's those basic ones. Yeah. I I don't think it was bad. I feel like there was maybe. Like the idea didn't fully coalesce. Like I feel like they could have done something more with this. Maybe it needed an hour. Yeah, maybe it could have been one of those hour-long episodes or something. Those season four episodes. The the fabled season four, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't. Know, it was okay. I didn't. I didn't dislike it. Um, it, I didn't think it was great. I I thought the twist was cool. Like when Andy was saying. Mm-hmm. And the, the 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 scary lady on the horse, the the initial shot, and her rushing down the hill screeching was like pretty great. <laughs> you know what she should have done? What? She she should have like had a sword or something and put like or something a post with like a note on it and be like, read this. Be like, I'm at the mountain. I'm coming down to see you. She had a riding crop. She was gonna go down there and whip her. Yeah. <laughs> until she like listen. Instead, she just decided to scream at her, um, which, I don't know, that's beating a dead horse. <laughs> I get it because his horse is in this. Um, but I don't know. I, rec- I I still recommend it because it's a Twilight Zone episode, but it's definitely one of the weakest ones that I've seen in a, in a while. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, I kind of feel that way too. I'm like, this is one of the more mild ones I've seen, mm-hmm. but I still got something out of it. Yeah, it's still good. It's still good television. It's in the bottom 25 percent of of my rankings for Twilight Zone episodes, but I'll watch any episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, I'll keep that shit on all day, every day. All right, so those are Zach's picks. So that means my picks are coming up next. So I chose season... Both of them are season five, by the way. Uh, Season five, episode seven, The Old Man in a Cave. Uh, And season five, episode 26, I Am the Night, Color Me Black. Now that... Batman. What is that? I'm just kidding. I said that one must be about Batman. (laughs) (laughs) I, it does sound like a Batman episode. Uh, quickly, like, a little synopsis. So they're going to, like, hang this guy in town. And, like, the town uh, is, like, dark even at, like, 8 a.m. in the morning. And they just don't understand why. And, you know, there's a reason why that happens. And it's another good uh, ending monologue by Rod Sterling. So uh, keep an eye on that. And the old man in the cave is cool. I can't just really, like, spoil that one. You just have to watch it. Um, so remember, guys, to watch those episodes, come back, and we will discuss them. And then we will also have our ranking episode at the end of the month as well. Um, since, you know, next we have two more weeks left in January. Um, anyway, 
do we uh we have a couple of news to talk about so i want to get this news out of the way bethesda announced today uh the developers are machine gun games the people who did wolfenstein one and two um the new order one and uh they're doing an indiana jones game which is surprising to me i don't know why <laughs> it's like what what made them choose indiana jones um because there hasn't been a good indiana jones game for um 20 some years is that the atari one three was that the last one uh to me the last good one like some people say that one on xbox emperor's tomb was pretty good oh yeah i didn't play that one i haven't played it yet i have it i just haven't gotten to play it but the last one i played that i thought was genuinely good was fate of atlantis that's from 1993 yeah there you go that's so true mm-hmm. so so i don't know when that game's gonna come out so um Again, it's a Bethesda game. Uh, Bethesda uh, is now part of Xbox or Microsoft, so expect it on PC and Xbox only. So, I don't know, man. We'll see what other games they could uh, make, and hopefully they're not buggy, because I know Bethesda... Well, Bethesda, Bethesda, the developers, are buggy with their games. I don't think Machine Gun games are, so... Yeah, we'll see. This is... This is I mean, I want to be excited about it, but the last... Indiana Jones product sucked, and the last Bethesda product kind of sucked, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like Xbox, and then again, Xbox hasn't had a good track record with games lately, so hopefully, you know, with their direction of wanting to have good, 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 good games on their console and, you know, PC, that they'll be like, hey, you better fucking do a, a good job and make sure that there's no bugs like Cyberpunk and get this shit out. Did we know that they had the rights to an Indiana Jones game? Like, no. I was confused about like where it even was because I know all the Star Wars nonsense went over to EA. It it seems like their start information starting to come out that they've kind of had this for a little while. Okay. Um, I'm already seeing goofy articles getting written like how to keep Indiana Jones from being like Uncharted, take his gun away, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Some of the best moments is when he fucking blasts people. Mm-hmm. He picks up like an MP40 and just k- kills four guys and says, "Don't call me Junior." <laughs> Here's a the sword guy. That's like one of the most iconic things in any of the movies at all. Yeah, he just shoots the guy, you know. And I have a cold today. I ain't doing this. <laughs> do you think Harrison Ford's gonna do voice acting, or he's just gonna be like, "Fuck no"? They're gonna digitally edit his voice, edit his voice in. <laughs> just take it from the movie and just like put it in there. Yeah, they'll they'll create like an AI to like recreate like it'll be like a Harrison Ford AI that can like replicate his voice and do lines. <laughs> I get the impression he wants to start distancing himself from all this nerd shit. So I doubt he'll do it. He's old and he doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, he just wants to fly old planes and maybe crash them sometimes. <laughs> Tell me if this is true because I read it somewhere. Then again, I don't know what's real or fake anymore. But like somebody <laughs> questioned him if he was like a force ghost, and he's like. The he said fuck? he didn't. Yeah, he didn't care. Or didn't know or something, right? Yeah. And he's like, "What the fuck is a force ghost?" <laughs> I, I choose to believe that that is true. Okay, because uh, I was like, "That's fucking awesome." I don't know. I just find that like Harrison Ford just doesn't give a fuck and collects a paycheck. <laughs> I, I think. I mean, he's kind of his answer is kind of correct in a way, though. Like, does it matter if he is or not? Mm-hmm. You know, what difference does it make if he is or not? 
that that doesn't really change the moment that i would mean he was force sensitive oh Oh, shit who gives a fuck yeah exactly (laughs) it's like who gives a fuck about anything that happened in the last three movies anyway correct agreed fact um zach you brought this up before what's going on with lucas arts um apparently like They've sort of reshuffled everything and they've rebranded back to the old brand, which was Lucasfilm Games. They, they even kind of took the old logo. It's kind of a newer-ish updated version of it. And oh, the some, yellow guy with the eyeball? Uh, no, just the all-text logo, remember? The, the really old one. A really old one. Yeah, it's like it's like a kind of a newer version of that. Like Lucasfilm Games, it's like it's not really a big deal. I feel it, To me, it might signal that Disney, whatever, is maybe getting a little bit more serious about trying to do more Lucas Arts, Lucas Films like kind of game stuff now. Um, but it kind of just tickles my nostalgia center a little bit. That's that's all. It just makes me feel good. I have a question for you guys. If you had one Star Wars game that you could remake, that is old. Which one that you? Which one would you do? Yeah, remake. Damn. I'll go first. Jedi Outcast. Oh, really? But Jedi Outcast is like already really good. It's good, but I want it to be like updated, kind of, kind of like Jedi Outcast. It's available on Switch now. True. I was trying to think of a game that was like missed potential. Like, and I understand that's not how the industry works. They only want to remake stuff that was like already good, but. He left it to me. I, I don't know. I keep thinking um, it's not that old, but Republic Commando. I yes. thought that game was extremely good, and just a little bit more polish would have made it extremely great. Like it, we'd be talking about it all the time, like we talk about Kotor and and Jedi Knight and all this other stuff. But it, it just barely didn't crack the seal. Plus, it relied too heavily on um, uh, the prequels being good, which they weren't. So. <laughs> Zach, what about you? I, it's kind of tough actually for me, but um, I think I'm probably gonna go with Dark Forces. Yeah, that's good. Just because it's like it's still pretty good if you go back to play it, but it is aged, you know. So if you were to do like a modern redo of it, I think it would go off pretty well. Yeah, that was that wasn't gonna be my second pick. It would be Dark Forces. So, um, I actually. You know, had fond mem- memories of that game as well. So, yeah, maybe. Oh, what, what was the RTS? Maybe that one. Um, um, Empire Galactic Battles. Yeah, no, there were two RTSs, wasn't there? Either one, either one. A good Star Wars RTS. That's what I want. <laughs> Star Wars Empire at War. That's an RTS. Yeah, that's that, what. I, that's what I was almost saying, but I couldn't that remember. one was mediocre. I played it. It was. It has like this really repetitive gameplay loop, and there's not a lot of depth to it. I, I got it in a humble bundle like a year or two ago, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna play this game, and like played it for a while, and I was like, eh, this is there's nothing to this, is there? No, it's kind of disappointing. I got spoiled on on Age of Empires. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the next big game you guys are like waiting for? Like Cyberpunk is out, right? Um, I guess Resident Evil Eight, honestly. Yeah. Because yeah. like I, I went to look at the schedule last time you brought this up. And it was, there was a bunch of not really much anything, and then there was Resident Evil 8. <laughs> I, 
guess No More Heroes 3? It's the only thing I can think of. And yeah. he, I'm not even like super gung ho about it. It's just, it's definitely a game I'll play. It, there's a game coming out January 28th for the Xbox called The Medium, um, where it's supposed to be like this like Silent Hill esque type of uh, game, um, which I'm looking forward to. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, uh, Persona, Persona Five Strikers. I kind of want to play that. Oh, Guilty Gear Strive. That that was another one. Yeah, we're coming up with another. Um, oh, Ground Zero Texas Nuclear Edition. <laughs> what? There's good. <laughs> I guess there's gonna be like a reissued version of Ground Zero Texas, which is like a shitty FMV game on Sega CD. A limited run games is publishing it. <laughs> Old kick ass. There you go. I don't know if I'll get that or not. I own the original. So. All right. Other than that, I think that we're done with news, and I think we could close it out here. Um, so, guys, something new that I said that I was going to talk about this episode is we split up. Nerd Review Network is no more. Uh, now, each podcast has their own page on every podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Red Circle, Google Podcasts, and um, I think there's one more, but the other one is just not that great anyway. So I did the major ones. If you type in Big Trouble Little Podcast, you could find all our episodes for Big Trouble Little Podcast. Um, if you're fans of other shows, like Getting Some Color, which we will be uh, doing the episode, me and Zach, this Thursday, uh, recording it this Thursday. I already watched Raw. So all I got left is WCW uh, Saturday night. And um, yeah, just type in Big Trouble Podcast now and you'll get all the Big Trouble podcasts. Uh, I have nothing else. I think we'll end it here. Um, Peace out, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.